the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Every year we get the State of the Union address where, in theory, the president talks about the economy, jobs, wars, peace, what have you. I like looking at the state of the Internet year over year and seeing how things are changing. What, what's popping up? What's got the attention? Who's taking the lead? Who's dropping the ball? Public company, uh, not public companies. How do I say? I want to talk about why it's important to pay attention to tech spending and tech overall. Public company research and development is R&D, research and development line, is a big line item in financials of corporations and how much they're spending and how much they're spending year over year. Six of the top 15 R&D companies in the United States are indeed tech companies. Amazon is spending the fastest growth. Google Alphabet throws a ton in. Intel, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook. And you get companies like AT&T and Verizon who are kind of tech companies, pseudo-tech companies. ExxonMobil, General Motors, not so much. You know, General Motors and Ford. And uh, you know, they want to be involved in technology, for sure, of self-driving cars. And they're in a good position, all things considered, because of their dealers and their years of experience in manufacturing. The thing they're not so good at is the technology, but they're working on it in theory. So... We spend more faster on technology than we do on healthcare. Could we come up with the cure for cancer? Maybe. But we're certainly going to come up with, you know, faster internet speeds before that happens. In the United States, we look at tech companies as aggressive competition. And that's why they have to spend so much money on R&D and CapEx. And then you see a company like a Facebook, you know, kind of dominate social media. And they go out and buy um, WhatsApp, and they go out and buy Instagram, and they kind of you know see where growth is going, and they, they just buy that that leader, and then they throw their money behind it. And you're like, is that fair? It's like Google when they bought YouTube for a couple billion, and everyone's like, that's crazy. Now they're like, that's the biggest television network in the world by far. So it's pretty aggressive. It's pretty um, cutthroat. It's fairly transformative at times. E-commerce is a percentage of retail sales. Back in 2007, it was just 4.5%. Now it's almost 15%. So those big numbers that we were told years and years and years ago are true. But it's tough to be in the moment and go, I wonder if that's going to be true or not. E-commerce is getting all about growing into mobile, interactive, personalized, front door, um, pay seamlessly. Lots of recommendations. You know, one of the greatest, uh, not one of the greatest, but one of the areas that I remember distinctly was, you know, Amazon. 
And when I started, you know, I don't know when or how, but you started reading the reviews at some point. Like maybe you'd get a desk and it would come and it'd be made out of cardboard. And you're like, God, why did someone tell me it was made out of cardboard? And you're like, you forgot to open the box. You open the box and it's made out of wood. But yeah, there are people there that'll tell you in reviews if it's good or bad in their opinion. And then you have to kind of trust those. You kind of have to hope that you live in a world where the cardboard desk company isn't posting reports of how great their cardboard desks truly are. So offline merchants are starting to set up point of sale systems that are more modern, like Square. But some of these software services that the retailers are coming up with are growing actively because not only will they say, you know, we'll gladly handle your transactions, your credit cards, but we'll also do some short-term loans for you, some analytics, some invoices, payroll, what have you. So even offline technology continues to still grow, even when it's tied towards retail. A lot of technology in the last couple of years has gone into online payment systems like Stripe and using their API integration into your platforms. A lot of integrated fraud prevention going on that you may or may not go know about. I've seen a couple times when I went, go to buy something now that it offers me a loan. And I'm like, I didn't really look for a loan, but let's say you buy, you go to Pottery Barn and you go, I'd like um, a desk and it's $2,000. You can get, you can set up a loan right there while you're buying it. Um, You're approved, it'll say, for $300 a month for blah, 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 for blah, 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 period of time. So you're seeing more and more integration of customer support, which I find kind of annoying. Every time you log on to an app or every time you go to a web page now, there's that little pop-up box of you're trying to buy said desk from Pottery Barn online, and it goes, do you want to talk to an associate? Do you want to talk to an associate? One of the things the Internet hasn't done a great job of yet, but there are some services starting are kind of like white glove services where they'll even find you customers now. You're like, whoa. I've got product that I want to sell to people, but I don't have a good marketing arm, but you're starting to see that pick up. Delivery uh, services. This is the one that I remember back in 2000 and going, wow. Because every year you hear about Amazon and how, you know, the Black Friday, more packages than ever before, more packages than ever before, even more packages now than ever before. Every year you hear about it, right? And they're, you know, how many are delivered per year? pretty insane when you look at it. Um, United States Post Office is pretty dominant, and then it's followed by UPS. Between the two of them, you've seen you know pretty good growth year over year from you know 3.6 billion packages for United States Postal Service up to where they are now of over five billion. But then you see FedEx is you know a small part of the portion, but the overall delivery continues to climb as far as number of packages per year. So I I would say things are healthy, right? One of the areas I kind of want to circle back on, because I got the time right now, is that Amazon search product, product reviews. At one point in time, Google was dominant, where if you wanted the best new TV, you'd hit 2018 best new TVs. And you'd see consumer reports, you'd see all these reports pop up and you'd Google them or Bing them. 
And now you're just going straight to Amazon and saying best TVs or TVs, 40 inches, highest reviews. So Amazon's kind of creeping in the product placement area of advertising. It's all about product finding, whether it's a product search, whether it's one-click purchasing. Are you going to deal it with voice search and fulfillment in the future? You got to watch out for sponsored products and uh, what have you. But a lot of fun stuff, in my opinion, on how to shop has been innovated. And again, that's a very, it's, it's, it's a high class problem. We're not solving big issues like cancer right now. So product finding on Instagram or Facebook is not, you know, revolutionary. The way we're ordering with AdWords in the, in the 1970s, uh, 1990s versus now ordering with voice, things have changed. Things have changed. Talking tech and more. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Two big areas of spending right now are on technology and healthcare. I'm talking about investing in technology and some of the things we're seeing out there. But you see companies like Apple say, we are interested in the watch becoming a healthcare device. We are interested in it being a medical device. And then there's going to be approvals that you have to get to make that happen. But we're talking about big money here. We're talking about where the money's going, where the money's going into R&D, where the money's going into research. Uh, and the the investment ramifications from that. You know, Apple doesn't spend billions a year on research and development because they're throwing the money away. They're doing it to try to entice you into buying product in the future. Social media is one of those terms that has really grown up in the last five years a lot. Um, and it continues to grow. You know, we've seen it go from fringe us doing it to our parents doing it to our kids doing it continues to grow facebook e-commerce click-through rates uh growing from about one percent in 2016 to three percent today so believe it or not those little ads do work they do have an open history per se that's a winner in the earliest 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 part of the 20th century when i started my business you know, there was areas where you would market towards. I remember, um, gosh, there was a company that would sell addresses. And in the financial media industry or the financial industry, you'd get the richest neighborhoods. Let's just, for poops and giggle sakes, call it, you know, Beverly Hills zip code. So you get the zip codes there, and you know, every house is worth over a million dollars, and you'd, you know, drop a postcard to them and say, hey, come listen to Rob Black speak. Now, before that, you, you know, in the 1940s and earlier, you just had catalogs, very limited product selection, uh, Sears, Roebuck, Montgomery Ward kind of dominated that. And in the four, 1940s to the 1990s, we started learning a little bit more about brands where Macy's, Gap, and Nike kind of took over. Today, it's all about data. And, well, before we get to today, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, 
you had a situation like eBay where you can get online and, or Amazon and, and order a million things. If you wanted a pair of Nike pink Jordan running shoes, someone had it for sale or someone had it used. And now to get retail to work now, it's all about, you know, getting it more personalized, curated towards you. So Apple curates music lists, Spotify curates music lists. And apparently I like the 90s (laughs) kind of thing, right? And it doesn't take a lot for it to figure you out. But that's all about the machine learning and the big data. Subscriptions have been a big grower on the Internet in the last couple of years. Big grower. And a lot of people once said things like, I don't know if I'm going to pay, you know, 25 cents or 50 cents a day for the New York Times when I can go online and get it for free. And now you're saying, well, I don't know if I'm going to pay for it online because I can go to L.A. Times, which is free, and New York Times isn't free. Up to 10 articles. And like, I can get around that by just deleting all my cookies, right? But subscription services continue to grow, and subscriptions are are Wall Street's favorite thing about the Internet at times, because it's a recurring payment. So Netflix has 118-plus million subscribers in 2017. Amazon's got 100 million subscribers to Amazon Prime. Spotify, 70-plus million. New York Times, 3 million. You're like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Spotify, 70 million, and New York Times, 3 million? Isn't the New York Times the the, rec, uh, the paper of record? Isn't aren't they like? Yes. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but Dropbox has more subscribers than the New York Times at eleven million. So, but Wall Street loves subscriptions because it's easy to say. I bet they make with something like uh, Netflix one hundred eighteen million. You write down that number one hundred eighteen million. It's one one eight comma zero 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 comma zero 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 right and then you times it by ten ten dollars a month you're like oh i see what they're gonna make in the next 90 days and then you're just, they, they tell you they're gonna spend eight billion on content this year and you're like whoa okay that's not that doesn't add up with what they're getting in revenues but i get it can they continue to get subscribers is the question mobile shopping app sessions um they're growing fast People are enjoying shopping with mobile, and they're, they're engaging in it on longer periods of times. It's pretty interesting. Um, I used to use YouTube as like, oh, let's go find a music video or something along those lines, right? And then I got to a point where I was using YouTube to figure out how to put kids' toys together. And then I was using YouTube to figure out how to fix the washing machine. Then I was using YouTube to um, do a little bit of research on a product before I buy it, right? So... We're all trying to game the system. The system's trying to game us. That's for sure. And there's a lot of what I would refer to as new retail or new e-commerce. E-commerce even sounds funny at times, right? Alibaba and Amazon have a very similar focused area on how they're trying to do their business. It's almost as if Alibaba is copying Amazon. Now, Alibaba owns seven or eight websites where Amazon's really all about Amazon on a lot of levels. But they both have some physical retail stores going with Amazon Go, Amazon Books, Whole Foods, Alibaba does. So I look, I like comparing the two companies. They both are into payment systems. They both are into digital entertainment. They both are into cloud platforms. They're two companies that are fun to compare to each other on price to revenue, price to, serve, uh, price to earnings, price to income, price to debt, debt to equity. 
So it's fair to say that e-commerce platform in China is Alibaba as far as the retail infrastructure goes. And it's fair to say the whole infrastructure of the United States retail system is transforming into something that Amazon's pushing. So not only can you get your groceries, but you could also ship your packages. I get it. So the question is, how do you extend that platform now beyond your home countries? How do you get Amazon or Alibaba into Pakistan or Indonesia or India or Singapore? Do you do it with acquisitions? Do you do it with, um, yeah, acquisitions is probably the easiest way to do it. You could try to you know set up shop, but you're already behind, right? With internet advertising, one of the cool things about it is accountability rises. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I think everyone kind of knows that I like technology. I like talking about it. I love exploring it. I like seeing where it goes. I like investing in it. So every year we look at technology, we look back and we go, hey, we're not the Jetsons yet, or hey, we're not in driverless cars yet. The data of technology is pretty fascinating. The data is under fire these days. This has been, the last 12 months has been very interesting. Uh, maybe the last 24 months have been very interesting in the sense of some of the dynamics that have started to pop up because of the global innovation and competition, driving usage and monetization. A lot of usability improvements are based on data. Scrutiny is intense right now. Users, scrutiny on businesses, on regulators, technology-driven trends changing so rapidly that it's pretty fair to say that by the time we understand one, we've it's moved on to another one. So e-commerce is huge. You hear that a lot. Personalization. New opportunities. China. Marketing, advertising, cutting out the middleman. Those are all things you continue to hear. Not a lot of growth in internet users on a year-over-year basis. So we're probably looking at right now at the end of 2017, we probably were roughly at about 3.5 billion internet users worldwide. That's greater than 50% of the population. We're pretty darn close to it. Again, keeping count of all those... Teeny tiny little children around the world is tough. Growth is going to be harder to find now that market penetration has hit 50%. Like, do you know how important investing in TVs and radio and television was back in the day? Cell phones and phone lines where we would go, oh, that person over there's got a phone. What's that all about? Let's go to the, uh, the old general store and make a phone call. And then once everyone has it, it becomes what would be referred to as commoditized. Digital media usage has grown about 4% year over year. 5.9 hours per day digital media usage. Most of that's on mobile. Some of it's on desktop. And a very fraction is on other connected devices. How much is too much time spent on the internet? 3.3 hours a day on your mobile phone, 2.1 on your desktop or laptop. How much is too much? Do we care yet? Or are we starting to think about it? Because, again, Wall Street is just crunching the numbers. 
And that's why companies like Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, who are, are dominant innovators in, in Internet and network delivery, they get the rewards. Innovation plus competition equals, you know, usefulness. But it's also going to create a little more scrutiny coming down the road. You know, how can we keep things simple? How are payments handled? Messaging, video, voice, personalization, access. What are going to be our devices in the coming years? We know that tech devices and phones in particular are victim to Moore's Law and, you know, to the tech fun. Smaller, cheaper, faster. Every single year. Now, the average selling price is something people pay attention to because it's important. And that's why you're seeing analysts freak out over Apple and the iPhone 10. And, you know, is it selling for 660 bucks, $665, $662? Because the average smartphone, now again, this is the average smartphone in 2007 was about $400. Now it's about 325 And it's fair to say in the last 10 years, it's been trending lower until Apple comes out with a new phone. And pushes prices higher, then it trends lower. And every two to three years, Apple raises their prices, and it, it, it tries to help, but it's not—it's barely holding on. I would say it's fair to say that 2018 is the first year where we could probably say uh, mobile phone usage. We're starting to question: Do we need a new mobile phone? Instead of "I want," "I want," "I need," simplicity is becoming pervasive. How easy is it used to Spotify? And then when Apple Music comes out, we go, it's so difficult. And then once we get the hang of it, it's okay. Commerce is super easy, whether it's investing or saving. You can use apps like Robinhood or Acorns, Square Cash. Messaging is, is, is solid these days. Easier to use becomes pervasive. Payments work on a lot of levels on the in the world of the internet it's not just you know uh, hold the phone up to your face click click wearables account for about two percent of transaction by payment channel through the internet if you look at your everyday transactions how many of them are tied towards the internet now whether it's qr codes mobile messaging apps peer-to-peer transfer buy buttons It's all increasing, right? Is that fair to say? So the friction of buying is declining, and that's a bit of a problem. I've got some stuff from Amazon that I wasn't able to return that maybe it was a buzz buy, maybe it was a a, a late-night exhaustion buy. So it's, it's getting commerce done that doesn't need to be done, which is both positive and negative, right? Local now equals offline connections, where we want local, but somehow we want Amazon or Best Buy or we want someone to deliver it to us other than, you know, we don't want to get up and go to the store. But we don't necessarily want it to be Amazon, but we definitely don't, definitely don't want to go up and go. If you take a look at the messaging world, whether it's QQ, WhatsApp, WeChat, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, Twitter, I don't think I quit Facebook Messenger. I just don't have it on my phone. And I don't want it on my phone. Um, I use WhatsApp for some soccer. Um, Keeping parents in line, so to speak. You know, grouping them. I don't want them on my phone phone, my instant message, but WhatsApp is great. Um, Don't use WeChat. 
don't use Instagram, don't use Twitter. Well, yeah, I have a Twitter, but I don't really, you know, active. I just post some of my media there for you. So, but one of the big things driving, you know, internet consumption right now is video games. New content types are emerging, and people are paying attention. If you take a look at the total the total streaming hours at Twitch, back in 2012, it was about 3 million. Now it's about 17 million. Now, again, that's in five years, and it tells you that there's a lot of trend going there. And you make money, you score goals in hockey by going to where the puck's going to, not where it is now. And you make money on Wall Street by going where the trend is going, not where it is right now. Voice technology liftoff. Three, two, one, blast off, right? Machine learning word accuracy is pretty good right now. It's, it's as close to human accuracy. About 95% consistent. I'm not a big fan of Amazon Alexa. I'll be quite honest with you. I just find it to be gimmicky. I know in four or five years that's going to come back to haunt me. Someone's going to have that audio. The skills that have been introduced in two years, there's over 30,000 skills taught. Like You can say to Alexa, play... Rob Black and Your Money on KDOW, and boom, it's on, because it somehow is tied into the internet and somehow knows how to do that with iHeartRadio, which somehow knows how to pull it off. I don't know. But the installed base of Alexa as a user interface, a voice user interface, not a graphical user interface, uh, it's over $30 million now. So we know that, and it's growing, and it's growing like the Empire State Building. So that's out there. There's a big word for personalization. And the easiest way of talking about it was probably Netflix, where you have four family accounts. One for daddy, who likes to watch monster movies. One for mommy, who likes to watch fat children not jump over the pommel horse and get stuck and dad cries because he's so torn up that his daughter can't do it. Then there's TV shows for junior like zombies and their TV shows. Like, you know how personalization works. And Netflix gets better and better about it. it it's kind of spooky. Now, again, Netflix can't predict your mood. Like, sometimes I'm in the mood for raunchy comedy. You know, give me a little porkies here or there. Sometimes I'm in the mood for, you know, a horror f- uh, fest or a documentary on, on, on the greatest baseball player ever. Rob Black. But the personalization, whether it's, you know, getting a Pinterest account and dedicating it to the Warriors or a newsfeed account on Twitter so that like, you could personalize it so you could cheat and do a radio show on the fly if you need to from your second home in the mountains of nowhere. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube or Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, 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 investing in more. What's on your financial mind? I'm talking a little technology, and I I do this on occasion where I kind of push aside the daily headlines, and I talk about what's happening this year as a trend goes. Um, Personal plus collective data trying to personalize things for you. And when you see the what Snap and what Uber and what Nextdoor 
and what companies like Apple and uh, Google recommend, you know, real-time navigation with Waze now has become a lot more commercialized. Initially, when you used Waze on your phone, you're like, wow, this is a great little service. It shows you, like, it tells you if there's a car accident ahead and, you know, routes to go around it. But now you're seeing, like, ads for Taco Bell and McDonald's, and you're inside your Waze, and you're like... Are you watching me eat lunch? Yes, it is watching you eat lunch. If you park your car at a Taco Bell, you're going to start seeing ads for Taco Bell. Um, Or a Taco Bell competitor is the idea. In the last couple years, you probably did your first uh, um, shared ride on Lyft or Uber. And you thought about it and you don't know if you like it or you don't know if you do. But it's kind of a roll of the dice. You got to go take your car in to get fixed at the shop, and you're like, okay, I'm going to use this Lyft line. It's half the price of a Lyft? Not bad. And and sometimes you get in, and no one else gets in. And it's like golden for you. It's like a golden home run. I know you're saying, woo. So, internet companies, internet users, and regulators are all kind of in this privacy playground right now. And internet companies are trying to make low price services better from your data. So they say. Internet users are increasing time on internet services based on perceived value. And then you get the regulators who, I think it's always fair to say that they don't know what's going on. Facebook's annualized revenue per daily user continues to improve. And you've seen Facebook come out and say, you know, yeah, we're guilty of some privacy issues. And yeah, we're going to do the best we can in the future, but know that they're also trying to drive revenue per daily user as part of a metric. Back in 2015, you would get online and you would take a look at a couple of your photos. You would take a look at a couple of funny videos, dog sneaking up on cat, cat jumps high in the air and scratches dog's ears or something. Ah, it's so funny. So in 2015, we were spending about 16 bucks annualized. So that's about a dollar a month, right? That's what you you created value for Facebook. Your eyes were there for enough hours with enough advertisers. It was about $16 a year. Now that free service that you log on to is generating about $34 a year. So just about $3 a month. Now, again, you start looking at like situations like Facebook, and you compare them to Netflix, and Netflix charges you $10. So it goes from your account to their account per month, right? $120 a year. Just say roughly. Work with me. Now, Facebook is only getting $34, but they're also not spending billions of dollars creating new content. Oh, boy. Do you remember the good old days when the Internet had issues like you didn't have to pay state taxes or local taxes? And like you would say, wow, it's 10% cheaper at Amazon because I'm not paying for sales tax because we didn't know how to do that. And then our regulators got involved, and they're like, oh, we know how to do that. Competition's still very important to be wary of. Fines at Google for the European Union are over $2.4 billion for abusing dominance as a search engine. Data privacy, big issue. And you're going to see, you know, what, how much you're going to hear more stories about third-party abuses. The German Network Enforcement Act is going to require for-profit social networks with over 2 million registered users in Germany to remove unlawful content within 24 hours of receiving a complaint. 
it's all very funny because like let's just say like i don't know you get into one of those legal situations where you and your ex-wife are fighting over uh i don't know okay she um she plagiarized your ex-wife plagiarized her thesis paper and you write a blog about you know people shouldn't uh, plagiarize and because she's got your last name and you got her last name and then suddenly there's something in the the archives that she plagiarized and suddenly like she wants your article removed because it's moving her higher up on the rank like there's a lot of there's a lot of dicey right it's crucial to manage for unintended consequences in investing and it's crucial to manage for unintended consequences when you could become irresponsible. Now, the United States, I think we are forward-thinking and aggressive with being Internet leaders. And sometimes the European unions like, they don't like that. Like, I, I saw an interview with one of Microsoft's attorneys from the 1990s, and it talked about how if they can go back and, and redo things with the European Union, they would. Because the attorney was saying, you know, Microsoft got brought up on Internet charges of basically building Internet Explorer into their operating system and companies like Netscape said that's illegal. And the European Union is like, we'll take a look. Maybe it is. Because there was other browsers out there that you know could have caught on. But long story short, the attorney goes, if I can go back in time, we would have settled everything immediately. We would have made nicer. Because for years and years and years, we had to have top software engineers, people like Bill Gates, you know, prepping for how to answer legal questions. Okay. So Google's in some, some problems right now. And Facebook, you don't want to see Mark Zuckerberg on Capitol Hill. You want to see him you know, building better products in theory. I'm Rob Black talking the internet, talking the story of it, the growth of it, where we are, where we're going. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.